0: Welcome to episode two of the No Files Given podcast. My name is Evan. Uh, My co-host name is Perry. Uh, Thank you all for subscribing to our podcast on Spotify and following us on Instagram. This episode two uh, will be quite interesting. Uh, First and foremost, we have our first ever guest uh, on this podcast. Uh, And I will leave Perry make the introduction.
1: Uh, Awesome. Thank you, uh, Evan, for that lovely intro, as always. And uh, we do thank uh, our uh, listeners who have been uh, getting back to us, uh, following us on Instagram, and uh, really just a great response from our uh, first episode. And we hope to continue to bring you guys some great content. Uh, Before I introduce our first guest, I do want to take a quick moment and uh, offer my uh, condolences to my co host, Evan George, who Midweek on Wednesday had to deal with the abrupt uh, loss uh, that Liverpool had at home to Burnley <laughs>
0: Woo. It so, took a uh, thousand three hundred and sixty nine days. last time Liverpool lost at home was in April two thousand seventeen Did you even have a beard in April of two thousand seventeen? Where were you pro- probably
1: it's been probably. a while right It's been a while. what a run a great run great run, great run and uh
0: and to be honest, uh, if we were going to, you know, lose this streak, it was always going to be to a, a mid-table team after a 3-4 game, you know, goalless drought. And there's no way, there is no way a loss at Anfield would have come to a Man United or any of the top four.
1: Okay. Someone's still a bit sour, but we, we will move on because uh, – uh, our first guest, uh, Rami is, uh, waiting. Um, and, uh, Rami and I had the pleasure of being classmates at, uh, Georgetown. And, uh, the way we kind of met was, uh, in the middle of a leadership class. Uh, we had an awesome, uh, debate. Uh, we had an back and forth as to whether or not Messi is a, is a great leader. And, uh, You know, there was a mutual respect in our back and forth and we immediately uh, became uh, good friends. And we've actually had the chance to uh, uh, watch a Champions League game together in London uh, because, uh, well, he's an Arsenal fan and we happened to be there with our program at the time. So, uh, Rami, welcome to the show. Uh, How about you uh, give us a brief introduction, uh, how you became an Arsenal fan, uh, why you've uh, agreed to join us uh, to talk a little bit about football
2: hey guys um, Rami thanks for having me on your podcast guys you're going to see a huge spike in viewership now that you have an Arsenal fan Um, it's great to be here and talk with you guys like Perry said we've been having football conversations like this for years now and it's always fun talking with him Um, and yeah so I'm, I'm originally Tunisian uh, never grew up there, uh, bounced around a lot in my youth, uh, growing up mostly in Europe and Africa. And uh, I fell in love with the game because that was the one constant thing in my life really. Uh, when you move around every three years, you start picking up a sport and that sport moves with you everywhere you go. And that's how you make friends. That's how you have a good time. That's how you're happy, uh, especially when you're a kid. So I grew up playing soccer my whole life. Um, dabbled in academies when I was much younger, but never really had the quality take it to the next step uh and uh, i became an arsenal fan simply because of the invincibles so and we'll talk about that later but uh that team just made me fall in love with football really um and yeah thanks for having me guys
1: yeah that was uh that was a pretty great uh, arsenal team uh, i have to say um and so that kind of uh, is a nice segue into uh the question that uh, I kind of uh, brought to Evan and Rami uh, as a topic for this episode, and basically, the uh, the question is the following: um, We have a, a Champions League group stage uh, with these four teams, and uh, the question is basically which of the two teams in this group would come out of the group, so to advance. Uh, So the four teams that we decided to go with, and uh, each of us will kind of present the teams because I think each one of these teams uh, helped us fall in love with uh, these clubs. And so uh, the four teams that we decided to go with were uh, Manchester City's 2017-2018 team coached by Pep Guardiola. Uh, we have the 1998 1999 Manchester United squad, Sir Alex Ferguson's uh, treble winning side. Uh, Evan, uh, remind me which Liverpool squad you ended up uh, deciding to go with for Liverpool?
0: Last year's squad.
1: Okay so that's the team that won the league and uh, was knocked out by Atletico in the round of 16 of the Champions League. Um okay so that's the that's last year's squad and um the uh the last team in the group stage is uh, Arsenal's famous invincible squad uh coached by uh, Arsene Wenger. And so uh yeah let's uh let's kind of give a brief overview of these uh, four uh, fantastic teams. Uh and see where it goes. So uh, I want to start off with Manchester City's pep side because, uh, well, they're kind of the uh, only team here not represented by a fan of the club. Because surprisingly enough, it's kind of hard to find uh, Manchester City fans. Um, But uh, before I give a brief uh, overview, uh, Rami, you want to uh, chime in here? Oh, I was
2: just going to say that, yeah, unless we have a 14-year-old on this podcast, you can't really have a Man City fan. So please take (laughs) it away, Perry
1: wow yeah that's uh that's fair and accurate so uh the reason that we decided to include this Manchester City squad is because they uh in terms of what they did in the league uh they absolutely tore it up so uh this is a quick overview of the records that that team uh broke so uh most points with 100 most wins with 32 most away wins with 16 most goals with 106 Most consecutive league wins with 18. The highest goal difference, plus 79. Fewest minutes behind in matches, only 153 minutes. Uh, Biggest winning points margin, 19 points. So in terms of the the league, this team, uh, they absolutely uh, tore it up. Uh, Unfortunately, In the other big competitions, uh, they did not do as well. They had that shocking uh, 1-0 loss at Wigan uh, to get knocked out of the FA Cup in the fifth round. And in the Champions League, uh, they ran into a very strong Liverpool side who beat them 5-1 on aggregate. So uh, in terms of the other competitions, uh, definitely underachieved. um, And to an extent, I guess, kind of let them focus on the league and build that uh resume of uh records that i just went through um but uh I- i'm gonna remember that team just to highlight some of their top performers from that year uh Raheem sterling had uh, 23 goals uh sergio aguero had 30 goals uh Sané had 14 and uh, gabriel jesus had uh, 17 that's in all competitions um so in terms of where they would finish in this group uh I don't have them coming out of the group that we men- we mentioned. Uh, Rami, I-, I think you maybe wanted to make a case that maybe they would come out of this group. So I'll let you uh, come in here and uh, give your opinion.
0: Yeah, so
2: it's undeniable that this is one of the best Premier League sides ever assembled, just based on records. Uh, but in the case that we're discussing the scenario of making it out of the group, you need a, you need a team that could win And not win over a long period of time, but win when it matters. So that's why I'm having a hard time uh, deciding whether or not they're going to make it at second place in this group. Um, But I think it's going to mostly have to do with, is Arsenal going to be that second place team? So that's a debate that I'm going to have in my head while we discuss all the teams. And I'll probably give you an answer towards the end of this podcast. But I know who my my top team
1: is going to be, for sure. Uh, so, Evan, do you want to give us a bit of a recap on uh, that Liverpool uh, team from last year?
0: Yeah, and before I do that, just because we're still on, the, uh, on Man City's case, just to remind both of you, Liverpool is the only club that has played uh, against this, You know Pep Guardiola uh, side, the Tiki Taka, uh, you know way of playing. So my question to you is, you know, obviously you mentioned the five-one aggregate win in the Champions League, but if you look at the other matches that uh, Liverpool have faced Man City in the last few years, we've fared pretty well. How do you think the Invincibles uh, or that Man United treble-winning side would fare against uh, Guardiola's Tiki Taka? So, uh, in terms of uh,
1: Manchester united, uh, i'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question when I talk about that team. And uh, a lot of it is centered around uh, just how well that Manchester United squad thrived whenever they'd face adversity. They would just find a way to win the big games. Uh, it wasn't always pretty, uh, but it's one of the scrappiest uh, sides that uh, I've ever had the pleasure of watching. And so uh, I'll go into that a bit more when I talk about uh, that squad, but I think that Manchester United team just always found a way.
2: I think one of the advantages of that City team is just the depth of squad they have. Uh, Much, much more talent on the bench than any of the other three teams that we're going to discuss. So that is one of the reasons why I think that they performed the way they did Uh, If you get a knock, player gets injured, you have someone that can come in that's as good, if not better sometimes. Uh, You can see that the problem that Liverpool has right now in this current season is that Vanjie van Dijk got injured and they're really struggling to find someone who can fill in the spot. Uh, So that's, in my opinion, that's why City was able to do what they did that one season, uh, breaking all the records. And that might be their downfall, in my opinion, in this ranking, because when you're playing six games you don't need that much depth of squat. Um, so that's that's something we should also consider is like the fact that the starting eleven was really good for City, but that bench could have probably finished top four as well.
0: Agreed. Uh, I and mean, when you have players that come off the bench, um, you know, the likes of Gabriel Jesus and Riyad Mahrez, I'm not sure if either of those were in that 17-18 squad but when you have a player on the bench that costs 50 million pounds, not, I mean, not not every team has the luxury uh, to do that. And, you, you know, you hit the nail on the head there with Liverpool in the last couple of years. They didn't really get a major blow in terms of injuries, which allowed them to play, a, a, you know, a consistent starting eleven. And, you know, obviously that's changed this year so far. Uh, but in terms of the team that I picked, I struggled a little bit between picking the, uh, you know, the, the Champions League winning side versus the EPL side, and I was 100% certain that if I chose EPL side, Perry would, you know, find a way to remind me of the Atletico, the Atletico draw. But those two teams didn't really uh, differ much other than sort of the, uh, the center, uh, the center back pairing, where Matip uh, played mostly in the Champions League winning season versus uh, last year was Joe Gomez. But, Perry, you also mentioned a couple of Man City records that were broken in that 17-18 season, but you know, did not mention Liverpool breaking some of those same records. So I'm not sure if if you guys had a chance to to go, you know, to the bathroom for a bathroom break or go make a coffee. But if not, this is the right time because I will probably go on for a couple of minutes here with some of the records that were broken. So, first one consecutive victories in a single season. That was tied. But the summit, the, the point difference at the summit was 25 points at the highest. And then obviously when you've won the league uh, two, three months, you know, before it's even done, that dropped to 18. So the uh, this next one was the fastest to 30 uh, wins. That took us 34 games. Most points secured over 38 games, 104. Granted, it spanned over two seasons, but that's just record that that was broken successive home wins 21 Uh, most home wins in a season 18 wins on the road 14 and then some of the individual records assists for a defender Trent Alexander Arnold had 13 and he broke his previous record set the previous season at 12 Uh, and this team just seemed to be you know one of those that was going on this crazy run and we're undefeated, or it, it almost seemed like any, any team we would face, you know, we'd stand a, a fucking great chance to win. Uh, and obviously, when you have the the triplet, uh, the, the, the three players up top, Salah, Mane, and Firmino just killing it, uh, I mean, nothing better for a squad than when your, your players that are supposed to produce are producing in that fashion. Uh, and all this to say, okay, we lost to Atletico Madrid, which play a very specific style under this manager. But I don't think, I think you, can, you guys can both agree, neither the Invincibles nor the Manchester United treble winning side, nor Man City play that style of football. That's why I think, uh, you know, Liverpool would, would be one of the teams that would come out on top. And we did not mention the order of games nor you know which which side plays out of home first versus versus you know not. And I think I take Liverpool at Anfield in the Champions League any day of the week. And just saying that gives me gives me the shivers right now. I mean, just to remember that game against Barcelona, down three uh, 0 from the first league, it's probably the last time I cried. Uh, so I think I, I, yeah. W- it's unfortunate the podcast is not also on video just to see Perry's reaction, but I love it.
1: Okay, so I think moving forward, I'm going to have to come up with some kind of mechanism to kind of cut you off after you've spoken about Liverpool for too long because uh, <laughs> it's just uh, it's going to get very tiring very quickly. But I think uh, much like Manchester City, the 2017-2018 Manchester City squad, I think the uh the Champions League uh disappointment, you know, uh kind of uh I, I get it. I get what you're saying about Atletico. It's a it's a it's a specific team that plays a specific way. Um and I think in that second leg, uh when they scored two, three goals, uh I believe that Allison Becker was not playing, if memory serves me correct. Uh which again, that Liverpool squad if there's one or two guys that if those guys are hurt it it, it does uh leave something uh, to be desired for sure um but uh yeah all right so uh thank you for uh for that evan and uh rami i'm gonna let you uh dive in uh with what i remember to be one of the most formidable uh premier league squads uh put together um, so take it away with the only team that's ever finished undefeated.
2: Before we we talk about the greatest Premier League team ever, um, I would Evan. I know we just met, and you're gonna hate me right now. I just would like to discuss Liverpool real quick. I believe that Liverpool Liverpool season under Jurgen Klopp was the perfect storm, and what I mean by that is everything aligned for them to do what they did and break those records and almost be invincible. Uh, And what I mean by that is I think that the season Liverpool uh, won the league and broke all those records, it was really a weakened Premier League. Most of the top teams were already on their downfall, trying to rebuild the likes of United, Arsenal, I'm not even going to mention the other team because they're really not a top, six team, a top four team. And Chelsea were kind of trying to find themselves. Uh, the only competition really they had that they were facing was against City, uh, the team that actually ended up uh, beating them. Uh, so they're non-defeated. And I also think that they were really lucky not to have any one of their starting 11 injured for a significant amount of time. And you can, you can see how much of a difference that makes when Virgil Dijk got injured this year. Um, so I definitely think that Liverpool's team is a really good team, but for me, unfortunately, I think that they would finish at the bottom of this group, um, purely based on the fact that I think it was a perfect storm. And I think that if, if it was any other season, we wouldn't be talking about Liverpool being one of the greatest teams assembled in the Premier League. It would still be considered one of the best teams, but not in the same breath as Pep City, or the Invincibles, or Man United's treble-winning season. Before I jump into the Invincibles, Evan, you you can you can uh, clap back at me anytime.
0: Thank you. I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you on the injury uh, on the injury part. Absolutely, you know, it takes some luck to to not have any major blow in the season. But you mentioned that Arsenal and Man United have are, were in a rebuilding season. But I, last I checked, United has been rebuilding since Fergie left. And Arsenal, I mean, I don't even want to get there. Uh, so Man City, sure, Man City was maybe the only real uh, contestant here other than, than Liverpool to win the league. But the difference in points was still huge. I mean, it's different if we would have won the league by one, one to five points. But here, at a point, the difference was 25. It ended at 18. Uh, and I think regardless of the other teams, I mean, nobody will remember, hey, uh, you know, Chelsea, for example, had a transfer ban and then uh, Man United had, you know, X amount of players that that have been there for a while and they haven't been performing. And, you know, they, they had a, a coach who has been changing the system around. At the end of the day, Liverpool won this title and they had this amazing 13-month run Uh, that started from the Champions League to that, that I think everybody will remember. And if you're a young kid growing up, I mean, I I remember growing up and and waking up on Saturday morning and watching uh, the Premiership. And one of the teams that sort of would play quite often here in Canada was Arsenal, okay? And Arsenal had Thierry Henry. And I was never an Arsenal fan, but I, I loved watching Thierry Henry the way he just made it look simple. And I'm just thinking of the younger generation that is waking up on, on this same Saturday morning and, and watching Liverpool play. It, it almost makes you fall in love. It's the kind of football that makes you fall in love with football. I'll leave it up to you now to, to tell us why the Invincible squad would finish, uh, if you have them, of course, to finish in the top two of that group. Yeah, so I, I
2: don't have Arsenal. Finishing top two. I think they're going to finish third right in front of Liverpool. Wow. I'm but, shocked. But I'm going to make, I'm going to explain to you why. I definitely think this is one of the greatest Premier League teams assembled. Uh, 49 games unbeaten, 26 wins, 12 draws, zero losses. Unheard of. Just to put it into context, that United treble team that is hailed as one of the greatest teams in England, only won 22 games that season, which is four less than Arsenal and lost three times. No team has won the league since then with fewer wins than that United treble team. That is an astonishing statistic uh, with fewer points than them as well. The reason why I don't have Arsenal finishing in the top two positions in this group is because of their shortcomings in the, in the cup competitions. Essentially, we're talking about a cup competition here, a group of four teams to make it up top. And they got knocked out by United, which is uh, one of the saddest games i ever watched, uh, in the semi-final of the FA Cup. And another moment that was uh, low in my Arsenal fandom was the, semif- uh, the quarterfinal against Chelsea. So we got knocked out in the Champions League by another English team. So I think that for itself speaks to our season as a whole, that we, we were our own enemy that year. I think that any other European team that was put in front of us we would have beaten them. But I think that people figured us, figured us out in England and the likes of Chelsea and Man United were able to beat us. That being said, I'm just going to run you through the, the team real quick. Uh, you got Lehman and Gold, Lauren and Cole on the wings, Toure and Campbell, in the, center of, in the center of the defense. You got World Cup winning Vieira and World Cup winning Gilberto Silva holding it down in the middle. Pires and Humberg running up the wing. Camp dropping into number 10 position. And Thierry Henry, in my opinion, the greatest striker in Premier League history up top. That season will never be repeated, I believe, in our lifetime. No team will go undefeated like, like Arsenal. But I see a lot of gaps in the squad especially in the back. And I think that the likes of a United winning treble team or the Pep's Man City, even post team, could score quite some goals against this Invincibles team. Um, so that's why I have them in third position. Uh, but I do think that it is the greatest Premier League campaign uh, ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's fair. I mean, the only team to register zero uh zero losses um but i uh, i do appreciate you uh being able to answer the question without having uh, arsenal goggles on um and uh calling uh calling the issues that that team has out um you know uh i want to get into the uh the 1998-1999 Manchester United team uh, they uh, are the only English squad to ever do the treble uh, and you know you had to do a crazy deep dive to figure out that what was it least amount of points registered for a champion uh, yeah. quite frankly I, I couldn't give a shit because at the end of the day we won the league we won the cup and we won the Champions League and You know, say what you will about this team. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, they absolutely thrived in adversity. Every time their backs were up against the wall, they found a way to persevere and get the result. So you look at the league, uh, up until the 35th match day, they were in second place. They were going toe for toe with Arsenal. And, uh, you know, even in that last game of the season. They're playing at home. They're down one nothing to Tottenham. And they just find a way. Beckham equalizes. And I believe it was Dwight York uh, with the winner. And, uh, you know, FA Cup, you, uh, you have that draw against Arsenal. And all of a sudden, there's a replay for the semifinal. And you're already in this congested schedule. And they're playing against Arsenal. Down to 10 men. Uh, Schmeichel stops... Uh, Dennis Bergkamp penalty and then Giggs scores uh, what Arsenal fans probably all want to forget that I think they some still see that goal in their nightmares when he just take picks the ball up I believe it was Patrick Vieira who who had a slip in the midfield Giggs picks up the ball and just uh, one of the most breathtaking uh, runs with the ball and just the finish was world-class you know and then also for that campaign for that cup campaign they had to also knock out liverpool and chelsea in the competition um and beat newcastle in the final so it's not like they have avoided big teams uh they they definitely had to play some uh very strong sides and then you go to the champions league and you know they were in a group their group stage uh they had okay a team from denmark Brondby, not very strong but then You're in the group with Barcelona, who I believe at the time, Rivaldo had just won player of the year. And you had Bayern Munich, who would eventually be the finalist. So you have to come through out of a very tough group. And then, granted the Champions League back then, you come out of the group and you're already in the quarterfinals. So it's obviously not the format that we have today. But they knock out Inter. They knock out Juventus. They go to the final and they complete one of the most incredible comebacks of all time. And I still have flashes of, the, of those stoppage time goals that were absolutely incredible. And yeah, they just found a way every time that, uh, that it was asked of them. And, you know, some of the top performers that year, uh, Dwight York, 29 goals. Andy Cole, 24 goals. Ryan Giggs, 10. Uh, David Beckham, 9. Uh, You know, current manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, beautifully nicknamed the baby-faced assassin. 18 goals. Most of them, I want to say, were coming off the bench. Uh, And just one of the greatest managers of all time, just finding a way to make it work. And, uh, you know, with a nice class of uh, players from the academy. And, uh, you know, it was just it was just a perfect season okay yeah they lost a couple of games but I'll even argue that a great team needs those losses from time to time to deal with that adversity and so uh, yeah I think they uh they come out of the group I don't know if it's first or second but they find a way and uh Yeah, so uh, Evan, I know you wanted to jump in here real quick before we give our final predictions of which two teams uh, would have eventually come out of this group.
0: Yeah, so speaking of losses, would the Man United squad you're referring to beat this year's Leipzig?
1: That Manchester treble team will beat anyone when it matters.
0: Okay, I just wanted to make sure. So Leipzig away, right? They would beat Leipzig away. Yeah, they okay. would.
1: Smart ass. All right, so uh, let's go to Rami. Rami, your final projections. Which two? It, and you don't have to mention first or second because it's just coming out of the group. So, uh, who uh, who do you have for a second?
2: I think this would be very tight, but um, coming out of the group for me would be the two Manchester teams. Um, and. I believe that United will come out of the group for the exact same reasons you mentioned is they're just going to find a way. And that was, that was the kind of team they had Uh, just a bunch of winners and uh, didn't play specifically the most pretty football. uh, Didn't have the most complete roster, had a lot of gaps in their team, but just found a way to win when it mattered. And and at the end of the day, we're not talking about the the ranking of the best teams. We're talking about who was going to get out of the group. And that's why I put United up there. And the city team, Pep City team, is just for me one of the greatest crop of players wearing the same uniform, playing at the same time that we've seen in England, possibly in the world. Uh, They've they've were short in their goals of winning the Champions League, and I think that that's going to stain their reputation. But that's probably one of the most complete football clubs at the time I've I've seen.
1: Well, in my lifetime, for sure. All right. So, uh, Evan, which two teams do you have coming out of the group?
0: I will go with Liverpool. And you got to give credit to a team that went undefeated. So I'll go with Arsenal. And I'll leave the other two two teams out. So United, I'll leave them out. Uh, as well as Man City. And the, the reason I leave United out is this squad was in the pre-VAR era. So a little shady penalty here, a little shady upside here, there. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe they wouldn't have won that treble. So I think just for the purpose of seeing that cringe on your face, I'll leave that treble United out of, uh, of that group stage.
1: Sir, I say this with the most love and respect in the world, but are you fucking mental? They won the treble. The fucking Treble. Just the word treble, the way it rolls off the tip of your tongue, treble. You make me sick sometimes. I really, anyways, all right. So obviously I have the best team of all time coming out of the group. Uh, United finds a way. And um, give me, um, you know, Rami, you actually made some really great points about that Manchester City squad. Uh, but give me the Invincibles. I uh, I just remember that team was so much fun to watch, even uh, as a Manchester United fan. Uh, they um, Thierry Henry, you know, just the way he just the way he ran on the pitch, you know. And uh, I didn't appreciate Dennis Bergkamp as much uh, when he played. Um, and I actually recently read his uh, his book, uh, which the na- the title is escaping me right now, but. It- fantastic book about his life and I highly recommend it to uh, all football fans because he's uh, he was just a beautiful number 10 Um, so give me uh, the Manchester United treble team and uh, give me the um, Arsenal undefeated the invincibles and uh, before I get to the next question involving this group uh, Rami did you want to jump in here yeah,
2: just, just make sure when this goes live not to put my uh, social uh, handles or tag me in anything because I will get death threats from Arsenal fans. As, a, as an Arsenal fan on this podcast and I don't have them going through the group, I'm in danger right now. So for my safety, let's, let's avoid tagging me in anything.
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, if that's uh, your request, uh, we can uh, work that out. Um, So we discussed who would come out of the group. And uh, just before we started, I also thought of this great question. Um, Based on those four squads, um, guess what, guys? The aliens are back and they want to play a collection of these four teams. So my question to you is, uh, of the four squads that we mentioned, give me your best starting 11 to defeat the aliens.
2: What formation are the aliens playing?
1: And that's why I love asking this question because we don't know. We don't know what the aliens are coming with. All we know is that we need to win this game. That's li- literally the only thing that matters.
2: Well, I'll run you through my team. Um, this team will definitely beat the aliens. And I picked this team not based on the best player in that position, but mostly which team would work and gel well together and beat aliens, which is a tough question. Uh, So in goal, I think and I hope that most of us will have this person in goal, uh, Schmeichel. On the left side, left back, I have Ashley Cole. And on the right, I have Trent Alexander-Arnold. In uh, center back, I have Virgil van Dijk and Vincent Kompany. Uh, playing in front of them, holding midfields, I have Scholes and Vieira. Uh, and then I'm playing uh, three midfields, attacking midfield with Mane, Burkamp, and Henri, with Aguero up top.
1: That is one strong side. Um, uh, all right, Evan. Give us your starting eleven based on these four uh, four teams.
0: Okay, so I mean it'd be blasphemy if I if I did not have Peter Schmeichel in nets as well. Uh, then my back four consists of Cole uh, and Trento Trent Alexander Arnold uh, as wing backs, and then my center back duo is Yabstam and Virgil Van Dijk. And uh, I have three midfield players. So one of them is Paul Scholes. The other is Patrick Vieira. And my number 10 is Kevin De Bruyne. And then my three players up top are Sari Omane, Thierry Henry, and Mohamed Salah. And, I mean, I, I joke around about United often. And, you know, that treble team, though, had... Some real characters in, in in the dressing room. So having players like Schmeichel and Paul Scholes off, you know, any starting eleven uh, would have been blasphemy as well. So I, I'm 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 proud to say that you know they'll be in my squad any day.
2: Would you okay. have Salah facing aliens? I'm I'm very surprised by that decision to play Salah. I love Salah. I think he's one of the top wingers in the in the game today.
0: But there's better. There's better from these four teams. So we're, we're referring to the Salah of, of last year. And let's forget about it. Maybe this year, how his production has gone down a little bit. But there's a reason why the, the chant goes, Mo Salah, Mo Salah, running down. The no, no.
1: Nope. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off there, Evan. Um, my turn okay. now. Uh, so basically, um Yeah. I also have uh, Schmeichel in Nets, you know, uh, great goalkeeper. Even did it with Denmark winning the Euro. I believe it was in 92. Um, Left back, I have Ashley Cole. Uh, Right back, Trent Alexander-Arnold. My defensive pairing are Virgil van Dijk and Jaap Stam. My uh, three midfielders, uh, kind of in a 6-8-10, uh viera in the six schools in the eight De Bruyne in the te- in the ten uh i also have aguero up top and my wingers how you guys omitted this this man i don't know how neither of you had ryan giggs in there uh so give me ari on one wing giggsy on the other and we can uh essentially tell the aliens that not not today i think with any of those squads that we mentioned um So yeah, great stuff, uh, great stuff, guys. And uh, we will be uh, putting up uh, our Twitter account soon and uh, we'll ask the question out to the Twitterverse. So uh, feel free to uh, chime in on uh, which two teams would come out of that, I think it's safe to call it a group of death and uh, have fun with uh, picking a starting 11 from those, uh, those four teams. So uh, I just had uh, one other thing that I wanted to, uh, to bring up. This was something that I saw earlier this week. Um, so Messi and Ronaldo, obviously, uh, have recently broken some monumental goal scoring records. Uh, Messi, uh, most goals for one team, breaking uh, Pele's uh, Santos record. And uh, Ronaldo this past week, I think broke the record for most goals for a, for a footballer. Um, and, you know, after these incredible accomplishments, uh, rather than just uh, praising them and enjoying what, uh, you know, little we have left to watch these guys before they retire, you have organizations and individuals coming out and basically trying to take away from these achievements and saying that uh, they're basically coming out and saying that these records these archaic records are actually false there's an extra 200 goals on each and these guys didn't actually break the records and it it really upset me it uh, it pissed me off because you know you look at when Pele played and Pele was scoring goals on players who probably had other full-time jobs and were very likely uh, occasional drinkers and smokers I mean back then you uh the, the modern professional wasn't what they are today. You know, there were no no such thing as nutritionists and diets and uh, gym workout plans. And, you know, they played in an era where they had ashtrays in the dressing room for the players. Like, are, are, are you kidding me right now? And it's just, you look at what the star center back is today, Sergio Ramos, Virgil van Dyke. name me a superstar center back from that time or before the time of Franz Beckenbauer, I'll wait, find me a superstar center back. I'm just kidding. Don't wait because it's going to take you too long. And so lastly, defensive tactics back then were not what nearly as advanced as they are today. I don't think that the overall tactics defensively were even a thing until the Italian clubs of the 80s came around. And so rather than just enjoy what Ronaldo and Messi have accomplished against the best defenders we've ever had in the game and against the most advanced defensive systems and tactics the sport has ever seen these guys are still finding a way to score goals and rather than praising them and enjoying them for what we have them for uh, and enjoy these legends while we still can you have these losers that just want to take it away from them and I saw that this week I wanted to share because it upset me and uh that's the end of my rant. I don't know if either of you want to chime in on this.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I share the same thought as you when I saw that. I think it was the Hungarian FA that came out and said that another player had 200 more goals. And listen, that might be true, but I think that it's really, uh, really bad on their part to to, like you said, over overshadow his accomplishment when you're comparing him to someone who was playing against. Competition that today would probably be high school level, um, or maybe like youth youth level. So uh, I I agree with you, man. Like that's that's some BS, really. I
1: yeah. even asked my I even asked sorry Evan, I even asked my father last night. Were there any star center backs before Beckenbauer? And he named me two people that I had never heard of in my life. And okay, to be fair, they were probably great center backs. But I think when Beckenbauer came along, that's when we finally started to see uh, what a star center back looks like. Evan, do you want to jump in here before uh,
0: we... No, so? I'm, I'm glad you brought up the point and you hit the nail on the head there with, with your analysis. Having these two players uh, to witness as we were growing up and they were you know players that we didn't have to resort to YouTube in order to see their accomplishments... Uh, we've been very lucky. And I think if, if either of you have seen these players live, I, I had an opportunity to catch a Argentina-Venezuela game at the Copa America Centenario. And we drove down with a couple of buddies from Montreal to uh, to Boston to catch the game. And that's just something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. You know, Messi scored a couple of goals, and it was just something that you can, you know, talk about it with with your kids in the future as they're the ones that are going to be watching Messi's accomplishment on YouTube.
1: I love how you brought a shout shout out back to your unborn son who uh, we discussed last, uh, last episode. That was great. Um, I think uh, that's a good place to end our second episode. Uh, Rami, it was such a pleasure uh, chatting some footy with you again after, uh, after so long. And I hope that uh, you had some fun and, We'll get to have you back on uh, as a regular contributor on uh, No Foul's Given.
2: Thanks for having me, you guys. I-, I had a blast and always fun to talk about Arsenal, especially with uh, Liverpool and uh,
0: United fan. Well, always a pleasure. And I think here at the podcast, you know, we're sort of, of the mentality that let's pay respect where respect is due and tributes where tributes are due. And last week, uh, Jerry Marsden from Jerry and the Pacemakers Uh, passed away so in his honor i'd just like to end the episode with when you walk through the storm hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dog